Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Look with me in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 2. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, which they were strangers. I want you to notice what he says in verse 3. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And then we read that after God appeared and they received who God was, You read these sayings over and over in the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In other words, how you perceive who God is, how the revelation of who God is, is the kind of God He'll be to you, the God that you'll see. He's the God of Abraham because there's a perception and a revelation that Abraham had of who God was. And the same is true for you, the God of Jensen, the God of John, the God of Sue, or whoever. Your name, whatever your name is, you can only see the God that you perceive Him to be. And I want to preach to you about the God that you see and perceive is the God that He'll be to you. You can only reflect what you know about God. If you see God in a negative way, if you see God in a judgmental way, if you see God in a almost combative way that that He's against you, that He he really can't be trusted and He's really out to see you get the worst of life instead of the best of life, then that's the God He'll be to you, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of you. I want to preach for a few moments today on the kind of God I see. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to call it. I see a happy God. I see a happy God. So many people go to church expecting to see church one way because of the way they were raised. They come to church expecting to see people tired, people bored, people sad, hear sermons about the end of the world, the sky is falling, and that's the only side of God that they know, that He's mad and that He's mean. People don't expect to go to church and see people happy. See people encouraged. See people upbeat. But we serve a God that is joyful. We serve a God that is happy. We serve a God that is musical. He said in Zephaniah, I'll sing over you with joy and dance over you. He actually said that. I'll dance and sing over you. You thought you were just singing. But God said, I like to dance and I like some joy. I like some, I like the beat. God's not saying, where's the earplugs? I like it. That's the kind of God I see. 
seeing these young people up here jump around. Some of you wish you could just jump, but, but, but did you see them jumping? And I, I want to do that, and I'm an old man. And God says, I like that. I see a happy God. I don't know what kind of God you see. Jesus was not a sad person. We serve a joyful God. So many people come to the church of the mad God. Their God is mad at everybody. They call tsunamis acts of God. They call tornadoes and earthquakes acts of God. How about we're in a natural world and we're in a fallen world and tragedies happen, but everything's better with Jesus, including tragedy and trouble. But I see a happy God. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, I came to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And that word acceptable year of the Lord is a direct reference. You can look it up in any reference to the year of Jubilee. Jubilee is not a sad word. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord has sent me. He preached his first sermon. And he said, I'm not here with bad news. I've come to preach good news. And then he said this, I'm here to proclaim Jubilee over your life. If your viewpoint of God is he's a mad God, he's an upset God, he's a frustrated God, it's hard to go to church and smile if you think God's about to hand out demerits. For everything wrong you've done this week. No matter how joyful the music is and the words are. And somebody better take this. I'm going to have juice all over me. Praise the Lord. And, and, and hear me now. No matter how no matter how joyful the music is, some people can't have joy because they don't serve a joy-filled God. They think that God is mad and so they stay solemn and serious about everything. But you see, God is, God is a joyful God. To the Pharisees, God was a subject to be studied. He was not a friend to have a relationship with. All the Pharisees wanted to talk about when Jesus showed up on earth was policy. What the law says, policy, the word policy comes from the root word police. Therefore, God becomes the big policeman in the sky, always ready to lock you up, always ready to catch you. Bad boys, bad boys, what you going to do kind of God <laughs> when I come for you? Religious people are all about policies. And they miss the relationship with the person. This stuff don't work if it's all about policy. It's not about policy. The Word and God will redirect and fix your life and get you walking straight and living right. But it's not by just policy. It's by the person of Jesus Christ. He loves you and therefore it's not I can't do this and I can't do that. I only want to please Him and I'd rather do whatever He wants me to do with joy. So church is about doctrine for some. It's only about correction and it's only about this thing that 
God is looking to incarcerate you and house arrest you and put you on work release. It's hard to be excited and happy about the policeman God. I'm sure there are some police officers in this church, and I love our police, and I thank God for our first responders. They're wonderful. But I don't necessarily want to see them behind me on Interstate 405 when I'm running late. I love them, but, but nobody wants to be going down the road trying to get somewhere and have one pool and just kind of stay on your bumper. And that's, that's the perception of how a lot of people see God, that he's just, he's just following you. He's got angels every day that get up with notepads and pens, and they're making notes about everything. That's, that's not the God I see. You know, I kind of feel like the police, I want you when I call you. And that's the attitude a lot of people have with God. I only want you to come when I call you because in most of my life, I'm scared you're going to be writing me citations. Too many have their Christianity is about policy. Religion is policy with no person. You end up a mean-spirited, religious person that's not just mad about you. You're mad at everybody else who's not keeping the policy. You think you are anointed to point out. Religious people are mean people because religious people are mad. That's my first point if you're trying to take notes. Religious people are mean people because they, religious people are mad. He's not a policeman who's looking to pull you over to give you a ticket. He's not the high sheriff of heaven. The scribes and the Pharisees, listen to this, were not joyful people. They were not happy people. They were not pleasant people to be around. They were policy people. The law says, the law says, the law says. One day they called a woman in adultery and they said, we hadn't stoned anybody in a long time. Let's have a stoning. And they threw her in front of Jesus and said, the law says, policy says, and we're the police, and policy says, stone her. Watch Jesus. Jesus is a happy, I serve a happy God. I'll finish that story in a minute. Jesus comes and he says, I, I, know, I know what the policy says. Oh, if we're going to live by the policy, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. All you heard was thud, 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 dropping of rocks. But Jesus was saying, I, all, this, all the policy was about was pointing to the person of Jesus Christ and I'm sitting right here. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. But you got a relationship now, girl, with me. And I got a feeling when her little lover came around that night knocking on the door, she said, you can go away now. I found somebody else, and he really does love me. And it didn't come out of policy. It came out of an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus was not mad. I've read this whole Bible. 
Jesus, I can't find him mad. Religious people are mean. Jesus was never, I don't know what you're saying. I'm going to catch you in a minute. He had a whip. He had a whip in the temple. Just chill. Jesus was not mad. He didn't get mad at that woman. He said, neither do I condemn you. I love you. You're better than that. You don't know how precious you are to me. and That demeans you and makes you feel less than. And that's not my will for you. I love you. Go and sin no more. Religious people are mean because... They're mean because they're mad. And they're mad because they're, pol- uh, they're, po- they're about policy and not the person. I believe the kind of God I serve and the kind of God I see, I believe He waits for me to wake up. And when my feet hit the floor this morning, I believe He was thinking to Himself, How you doing? Jensen, how you doing today? It's going to be a good day. This is a day the Lord has made. I have a right to enjoy it. I'm a child of the king. I don't don't want you to get up and and make it through the day and stumble through the day. I want you to get up. And I almost could hear God this morning when I had this little message on my mind when my feet touched the ground to get up out of the bed. Honestly, it sounded like the Lord said, how are you doing today? Y'all don't see God like that. So many of you don't see God like that. I serve a God who smiles a lot. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to meet him fast. I serve a God who smiles a lot. Turn to the other person that you didn't like enough to turn to in the first place and tell them if you're happy, notify your face. I think there ought to be a lot of smiles in God's house. I'm sorry. I'm tired of people going to the club over at the mall over there and having more joy on their face than they do in God's house. I'm happy and I serve a happy God, not out of policy, but out of a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Everybody clap your hands if you believe in a happy God. I don't think when I pray, I have to convince God to, all right, I found the scripture. You got to do it. I don't think God, I think he's happy about hearing my prayers. I think he's happy about making sure that I marry the right person and making sure that my kids have what they need and that I, that, that, that I think he's happy about helping me. I don't think I have to twist his arm and please, please. It's his good pleasure. You want verse in scripture? It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Pleasure. That's happy. It gives me pleasure to give the whole kingdom to you. No wonder 80% of the people who believe in church don't go to church. They believe in God and don't go to church. Because they know if they go there, they think that we're serving a mad God. People are happier at the mall than they are at most churches. My God is joyful. My God is cheerful. My God is uplifting. My God is kind. My God is merciful. My God is happy. 
My God is generous. Here's another point. God that I serve, the God that I serve is a good God. He's not trying to put cancer on grandma. He's not crippling kids. We're in a broken, fallen world since the curse. And He loves us all. And He comes to the brokenhearted and the beaten down. And He says, I make everything better with my presence. I'm not guaranteeing you a life where you just tiptoe through and nothing bad and tragic ever happens to you. That is not the gospel. You, if you live godly in Christ Jesus, you will go through the fire. But Jesus said, I will be with you. I will preserve you. I will keep you. My goodness will hold you. And when you come out the other side, you'll be more like me than you've ever been before. But I just want to declare it now. God is a good God and the devil is a bad devil. That's how I see it. That's the God I see. You can say he's doing all this to you. I know he's sovereign. I know he's in control. But, but we're in a fallen world. One day when we get to heaven, there'll be no, that's his world. I know this is, but you know what I'm saying. When his kingdom comes, there'll be no sickness. There'll be none of that. There'll be no cripples. There'll be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more cancer wards. None of that. And that's his world because it's a happy world. Jesus put it like this. He wants the best for his kids. And he said, if you being evil, give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them than ask it? You wouldn't call me a good parent if I didn't provide for my children. Well, I'm telling you that God is a joyful, God is joyful, not mad. God is good, not bad. Is that the God you see? Now, here's another point. God is good. I love this point. God is good. No, that's not it. See, you, that's an old worn out sermon. I'm preaching something new now. God is good at being God. Listen, and he knows it. That's what I like about God. God does not have an inferiority complex. God is not apologizing for being God. God has self-awareness. He knows he's good. He knows he's God and he knows he's good. What did he say to Moses? He, Moses, what, what am I going to say to F -F -F Pharaoh? Who, who do I tell him sent me? Listen to God. Tell him I am. Listen to the confidence. I am that I am. I'm large and in charge, and I'm not intimidated by Pharaoh and his little weak army. God has no identity crisis like you. He's at peace with his own identity. God is bad. Come on, y'all. I mean, he, 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 he is not, he's happy I'm going to prove it to you. You don't believe me. I can tell a lot of you, 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 you really want to be mad and you mean it. <laughs> Think about creation. He starts creating on the first day. Doesn't get everything done. Just creates the first day and says that's the end. And then he stops and he looks at what he did. He said, I, I'm good. 
<laughs> then the next day creates oceans and stuff and mountains. Looks back, steps back and says, I am good. <laughs> Does this for six days on the sixth day after he looks at everything, including man and woman. He says, I, I got to give it to me. I am very good. Wonder if he wants us to quit putting ourselves down all the time. Wonder if it grieves his heart knowing that you're his creation made in his image and all you can do is point out everything wrong and flawed in your life and you never see what God sees that you are good. God said, I'm good at that. I'm so good at that, I'm going to tell myself every day after I do my job how good I am at that. I'm going to make and create myself mountains and say, I'm awesome. Oceans and say, wow, I'm incredible. He doesn't have to have your praise because he knows he's God. He knows he's good at it. The Bible said that in heaven, the angels cease not day and night crying, holy, holy. They're, they're, they're facing him in every direction. And they're angels that do nothing but say, holy, holy, holy. And the rabbis teach, the ancient rabbi, Jewish rabbis teach, that they're always announcing the I am-ness of God, which means by the time you would think, you know, it would become repetitive all eternity, holy, looking at the same thing. But the, the way they teach it is they say by the time one says holy, and then this side, some, one of the angels is saying holy, he's so great that by the time one of them sees and says it, and the other one can come back and say holy, he sees another whole dimension of who God is. And God just keeps manifesting His greatness. And it's never old. It's new. It's new. It's new. And so they say, holy, 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 holy. Oh, I didn't know He was. Oh, I've seen a part of Him I've never seen. And they keep seeing who He is, how great He is. He knows He's good at it. Can I give you another one? The God that I serve is a God who came... This is going to mess some of you up, you real religious people. The God that I serve came to make some friends. To announce the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus came to say, hey, let's be friends. Let's get over the animosity. Let's get over all the bad stuff. I'll take the blame. Give it all to me. I take the blame for everything and I hang it on the cross. I came to make friends. I came to love you, not to fight you. Jesus was the life of the party. Jesus was different from any preacher you've ever met. He was the life of the party. Religion paints Jesus as just mean and stoic, and, you know, just somber. That's the religious Jesus. Now let me give you the biblical Jesus. This Jesus that I see was, was, was so loved by people that when he showed up where people were, people were joyful, people were happy, people were excited. If you ever meet a Christian 
And when you walk in the room, people scatter like roaches. Somewhere you're not reflecting Jesus. My Bible said that Jesus, listen to this, was a friend of sinners. Sinners loved him. Most sinners don't like us. Most sinners, if they hear I'm coming to their party, they put up all everything. They try to talk right. They excuse me, excuse me, blankety blank. Excuse me, excuse me. They don't feel comfortable around us. But Jesus had real sinners around him, and he was happy, and they and they loved to be with him. This really challenged me. Jesus, Jesus was not like that. When he walked in the room, people were drawn to him. Children wanted to sit in his lap. Kids were tugging at him and smiling and running around him. He was a happy God. Religion teaches us that unbelievers should feel uncomfortable around holy people of God. But you can't get holier than Jesus and rank sinners. They love being around Jesus. Throw that scripture up. You got it. I want you to read it. It said that I told you what he said. The sinners. The sinners. There it is. Son of man come eating and drinking like a glutton and wine bibber. Listen to him. He's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. That's what the religious people said about him. He was a happy God. Jesus was kind. Jesus was the kind of person that walked in a room and everybody wanted to be with him. He's a friend of sinners. He, no, he, he had to ask to be alone. Whenever Jesus wanted to be alone, he would have to send the multitudes away because he couldn't go anywhere that people just didn't want to be around him. He's fun to be around. He, it was just, they just wanted to be around him. He often said, don't tell anybody I'm here. Have you ever read that script? Don't tell anybody I'm here. He said that. What about when, when he, he, he filled the church up so much they, to get people would tear the roof off to get to him? Now, people run for the door to get away from preachers. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. You say, well, now, I just, I, I just believe God gets mad. I agree, he gets mad. But listen to this. You can work him up into getting mad. The Bible said he's slow to anger. Whenever he does get angry, it's a world event. <laughs> but most of the time, he's slow to anger, which means, I want you to get this concept. The Bible said when Jesus went in the temple, and everybody talks about the one time in the Bible where Jesus got mad, notice who he got mad at. He didn't get mad at prostitutes. He didn't get mad at drug addicts. He didn't get mad at people going through a divorce. He didn't get mad at people who were in any kind of lifestyle. He didn't get mad at any of those people. You know who he got mad at? Religious people who were all about policy and making money out in the lobbies and he turns over the table but here's the thing that got me about that story the Bible said and Jesus sat in the corner watching them and he quote made a whip that's slow to anger he's braiding a whip 
And he's not looking at the people who've done bad things that week. He's looking at the religious people who are making his house some kind of house of policy and not filled with joy and praise and excitement and thankfulness and gratitude and expectation and faith. And he made a will. How long does that take? And then he beat them with it. <laughs> Religious people. See, some of you can't get this concept of a mean God, but he came to make friends with people. Can I, can I preach just another? Can I preach five more minutes? I got five more minutes. All right. Can I preach five more minutes? Let me, let me mess you up just a minute. Wherever Jesus was, there was always food. Jesus liked some food. Jesus knew that if you're going to make some friends, you got to have some food. If you're new to the church and there's this religious talk, you know, in the church, certain words that you probably don't hear out on the job, words like this, hey, brother, let's fellowship. <laughs> fellowship is code in the church for let's eat. <laughs> food. Jesus fed the 5,000 happy people. When Peter denied Christ three times, the next, when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared on the beach and Peter was out trying to catch fish again, went back to his old job, and Jesus was cooking fish and bread and said, come on over here and have a meal with me. Jesus liked some food, y'all, I'm just telling you. The last meal that he had, the last supper. He said, I ain't leaving until I eat one more time with my friends. <laughs> oh, but he fasted 40 days. That's the only time he fasted. Even, even the Pharisees asked Jesus one time. It's kind of funny. They said, why is it that John's disciples fast often, but your disciples never ever fast. They actually said that. They said, y'all eat all the time. And Jesus said, as long as I'm with them, we're eating. When I'm taken out, we're going to eat that last supper. They'll do some fasting. But right now, we're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy ourselves. I'm here on a mission. I know I'm going to have a cross to carry. I know I'm going to pay a price, but I'm not sorrowful. I'm not depressed. I'm not unattractive to a lost and dying world. As a matter of fact, the cross that I bear with the joy of the Lord, which is my strength, will be a strange attraction to people who don't have the power of that cross. Clap your hands like you believe he's a happy God. His disciples ate all the time. They ate the bread off the show table one time. They, they ate corn off the cob and on the Sabbath, breaking rule. Give me some of that corn. Give me some. Jesus was the kind of person that would sit at dinner. You ever had people reach over? Let me taste that. That looks on your plate. Jesus was, that's why when he was dipping bread, the Bible said that Judas, he was dipping in, in Judas juice and, and, and they both had their hand. Oh, just whatever. Read the Bible. You know what I'm talking about. I close with this. Jesus said, now we're friends. And I want to eat with you. 
I'm a happy God. And I like to eat with my friends. So you were given communion. You got it? Give me my communion back. Got my bread. Got my juice. He said, we're friends now. Everybody say, I serve a happy God. He came to make friends. Would sinners say, that would be me. And he said, hey, could we eat a meal together? Since we're friends, since I'm not the high sheriff of heaven, writing demerits on you all day, but I actually love you. I actually want to give you life and life more abundantly. I'm not talking about you doing your own thing and being happy without me. I'm not talking about living by policy. I'm talking about I live inside of you and because of that there's such meaning and purpose and peace and joy in your life that wherever you go, I go with you. I order your steps. I have a purpose for your life. Now that we're friends, could we eat this meal together pretty often? Because as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of the price I paid to become a fr- that, so that you could become a friend of God. I don't even call you servant anymore. I call you friend. Take the bread. This is my body which is broken. Take, eat, this do in remembrance of me if you want to be a friend of God. We're sitting at His table. This is my wine or my juice that represents my blood take drink drink all of it for the remission of sins this do in remembrance of me until I come again and guess what we're going to do as soon as you get to heaven we're going to have the marriage supper of the lamb Jesus likes some food drink with your friend So here's the bottom line. If God was mad at you, you couldn't catch your next breath. You don't serve a fuddy-dud God. The God that I serve said, praise me with the symbols. The God that I serve said, praise me in the dance. The God said, the God that I serve said, come into my presence with singing and enter into my courts with thanksgiving. I like the music. I like, I'm not a fuddy dud. I like the lights. I like the celebration. I like it when you just really get out in the aisle and jump like you were doing. That's a beautiful thing to God. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 